Hey, this is your boy Dak from the 410 Gaming Podcast, and you are listening to the Concession Stand on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and TV to consoles and video games. Don't let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Concession Stand Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, we are glad to have you on board for episode number 52. I'm Nick Howell, and sitting across from me, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm great. Hello. Coming up later in the show, we'll talk about all of our quick reactions to seeing the movie Thor Ragnarok this weekend. We're going to talk about a couple of upcoming TV series that have picked our interests, and it seems like Disney may soon own everything we love. But first, let's crack a beer and get right into it. Well, Andy, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about how the Movies Anywhere app, yep. service, sure. whatever you want to call that, is, uh, is going to change the way that movies are watched at home, specifically at home. And it seems like this is another way just to maybe keep people out of the theater, which seems counterproductive if we think about it yeah if october was any indication the movie theaters are in some serious trouble it was the lowest box office month in movie history since i guess not in movie history overall but since 2007 and that's not just october's i'm saying like the lowest month of all months in in wow in, in over a decade or in about a decade i guess um let me let me put it to you this way uh like okay it is what november 7th yeah. okay we have six, seven weeks left in the year 2017. I am planning on seeing five movies this year. That's counting Thor. So I'm planning on seeing four more theater or movies in the theater for the rest of the year. Right. Justice League, Last Jedi, Coco, because I have kids. Maybe, maybe the greatest show on earth or the, uh, whatever the huge showman. Is. Sure. Maybe that one. So like, let's say I'm only going to see four movies for the rest of the year. There's a ton of movies coming out. Yeah. Right. And I don't think I'm the I don't think I'm the uh, the majority. I think I'm I'm pretty much the average moviegoer. Yeah. I think most people are planning on I'm just going to go see those four big ones, right? If I'm going to take all of the effort to go to the movie theater and see it, because you need to see those movies on a screen. But but why those? Because those are the ones I want to see on a screen, right? That's an interesting. Kind what of, about you? Do you know? Or would you say that's the same thing for you? I would you? say Justice League and Last Jedi would kind of stop right there. You wouldn't go see Coco. You're not a, you're a Pixar guy though. I thought you like Pixar. I stuff. do, but I'm not going to go pay twenty dollars to see it. Fair enough. You know, okay, and spend fifteen dollars on popcorn and a Coke. Okay, you know, ultimately leading to just about forty dollars to see Coco when I could sit in the comfort of my recliner in and, three months and, and watch it for ten bucks. Yeah, in three months. Know? Yeah. So this is what we wanted to talk about today. Two weeks ago, we talked about how we're consuming things at home. This week, we wanted to make a special episode about. Or, or get, at least give it its own time to talk about what's going on at the theaters. And, and it's been a through line for us this year on sure. the concession stand about the, the evolution of the movie-going experience in theaters and, and how things are, are, are evolving over there. There's, I think what we've come down to is there's some big takeaways for us uh, that would lead us to why. One, there's just too many big franchise, tentpole, whatever you want to call them, kind of movies, sequels, and reboots of known entities, right? Right. Um, it, it's tough to get people out, as we've seen in 2017. You remember we recapped uh, our, the, the year starting back in March. Every single week, there's been a big blockbuster tentpole kind of movie. Exactly. At least three weeks out of a month, every single month. 
So when you start to add up those numbers, if you think yeah. about it from March to say now, that's like, let's just say it's just you, right? Let's say you're between ticket and popcorn prices and whatever. Let's say you're spending 30 to $35 a movie yes. per month. So you're at 105 movies, right? I'm sorry. You're at a, you're at $105 a month, right? For seven months, you're, you're encroaching like almost $800 worth of just going to see movies, right? Yeah. Oh, it's to see him on a screen, but that's, that's a lot of movies that, I could buy at home. <laughs> I know. I know. But like, but that's the thing. Like they're not going to stop releasing these movies in theaters. They're they, but there are certain ones for you and I, when you put that dollar amount on it and, and I'm the other anomaly of, of somebody with like, uh, with kids also that might want to go see these things. And you start adding all those numbers up. That, the kids thing is an interesting anomaly for me in this whole thing as well, because that puts you into almost a whole other niche where you have to take kids to go see the movies and see the ones that you want to see that they can't go to. So now it's not just Nick spending almost $800. Now it's a family of four yeah. per and, movie. And if I don't take the kids, if I just take my wife, somebody's got to watch the kids. Right. And oh, that costs man. money, you know? Um, so uh, seeing a movie is not the $15 or $20 or whatever it is in your local town. There's, there's another... Uh, inherent cost that comes with it um so i think that's that i think that's why there's a, a bit of a box office sort of like uh uh decline is that that people are now starting to really pick and choose which ones they really want to go see in a theater right and do you I, think that's affected what has gotten financed from the studios as far as what's getting made they've recognized that people are only going to see these and maybe that's where we got the consequence of 2017 where every weekend was one of these kinds of movies that's a really good point but like then you look at like there's these other ones that are just sort of like like anomalies in a weird way like would we be talking about like the october that we just had if Thor had come out like the week before at the end of October and made its 121 million. No, they wouldn't, there would, this story wouldn't be there. Or if it had come out in the Halloween month, you know, and it had made all of its money there, but then September would have been bad. You know, it's, it's, it's a bit of like a timing thing, but like the overall numbers are the box office is down. People aren't going out to movies anymore. But what you said is interesting because they're, they're almost giving you a reason to like their. It seems like their marketing plan is like every week we're going to give you a reason to go see it because this big thing is coming and you have to go. It's an event. You don't want to miss it. Here's the biggest thing that you've ever seen this this week, right? And then when they don't get the return that they want, like the 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 deadlines and the varieties are all like, oh, the box office is down, the movie business is down, no 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 no, They're like the sky is falling. I don't know. The funny thing about this is, is that the studios themselves operate as businesses. They are businesses they at are. the end of the day. Yeah, they don't operate on a weekend by weekend basis. They they don't even operate on a month to month basis. They operate on a quarterly and an annual basis, and they look at returns in those respects. So if you look at Q4 2017, starting with September 1st through December. They're going to have a pretty badass quarter, right? Disney especially. Disney especially. <laughs> between, between Thor and Coco and Last Jedi, they'll be fine. Yeah, uh, Warner Brothers is going to be great. So Disney especially, for sure. We'll talk about Disney a little bit later, but I think there's an interesting perspective, and you brought up an interesting thing about Deadline and the bloggers and Variety and Hollywood, the rags, as we call them here, uh, where they are obsessed, and they get their headlines and their clickbaity stuff. Yep. By posting all of these controversial, Blade Runner 2049 was a huge flop. It, it flop, was, though. It, for the first weekend, but internationally, it's going to do fine. Internationally, it didn't, though. That's the uh, thing. It's well, it's, mean, it's considered a flop. That's the funny thing, because that... that based on what? Based on what it costs versus what it return is. So, a like, deadline blogger in his basement that's determining no, that I'm, it's I'm a saying, flop? I'm saying, finan- like, if you look at the numbers, like, if we looked up Box Office Mojo right now, it is considered a flop, which is strange, because that's one of those ones that, like, that should have had a built-in audience, and the people... That 
that went and saw it, us being two of them, and that absolutely loved the film, we went out and saw it, and apparently a lot of other people didn't. So is is it is it the built-in audience based on... Uh, if we just if we take Blade Runner out of the equation, yeah. I guess it's the built-in audience, and, and that's what we're getting at with the big tentpole stuff. So it's like, here's another X-Men movie. Here's another Spider-Man movie. Here's another Marvel movie. Here's another Star Wars movie. Oh, by the way, there's an American Made. That didn't do well. Um, here's It. That's a, an established audience. Here's uh, uh, Thor. You know, like, I don't Remember know. that phrase I use all the time called blockbuster fatigue? Yes. I think 2017 has been the pinnacle year of blockbuster fatigue, and and that's what we've seen here. And And the other part of this is, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, is this whole theater experience that we're having at home now making it not so alluring to go to see the movies on the big screen? Is So going to the movies now is about going to the movies. It's not about going to see a film. I think that's an interesting okay. thing yeah, yeah. that I've taken away. So okay. I don't go to the movies to see a film. I go to hang out with friends. I go to have dinner and make it a, a dinner and a movie kind of night. Whatever we end up seeing, we end up seeing. It, it, these movies that I'm going to see are, uh, it's not a thing like it used to be, like where you used to go stand in line to watch Lord of the Rings, you know, things like that, or Star Wars movies, et cetera. So uh, the home theaters that you have today are just so impressive. 65-inch 4K Ultra HD HDR10 TVs and 7.2 Dolby surround sound systems. You can have 3D at home, if they, <sighs> but they don't make them anymore, but you could have that 3D experience at home. Uh, that's a really good point. So, so I guess the going the the, the like oh, I got to go see that on the big screen. That was the whole thing. Like when we were growing up, right? Like I grew up with like a seventeen or like a nineteen inch TV a with like inch. sure with like rabbit ears on it, you know, right. and it would be like fuzzy and the whatever. Knobs. Sure, <laughs> but when you'd go to the movie theater, and there'd be this giant screen and like popcorn, like oh my goodness, like like that was like an event. Like even to go see something like I just went and saw the Karate Kid on the big screen. It was amazing, right? Now you you basically have a modified home theater in your home and like let's say like i have a 65 inch but like let's say i had a projector and i could have like 105 inches like like projected on my wall um you're right it's about going to the movies and getting the experience but what we're doing what we're talking about what we just said was that we're saying like i want to go see the big giant movies the tent poles but we're picking our tent poles you see what i'm getting at like, because there's so many of them now right it right, used but, to be but that- like there's the ones that we're like we're like oh that's like i have to see star wars i have to see thor i have to see justly because those are the things i like the mummy uh you waited and you liked it i still haven't seen it yet yeah. but like you i watched it on a plane would you would you do now that you've seen it would you were you do you think to yourself for a second like oh man i wish i had seen that on the big screen no, no you don't there's very no, few you of those that, that happen um, but like a dunkirk and 70 millimeter oh. on a screen that's an experience yes right that's a great so word that's what we're paying for yeah but what they're trying to do is say like every week is an experience so you're going to get the experience of the sound in the big screen in a movie theater but the but what is actually being shown on that giant screen is is basically up to you whether you want to go see it in that format so your choices are home on your big screen with your sound and you could stop and you could get popcorn for free and or whatever over redenbacher microwave popcorn costs, <laughs> yeah. right or you could just go and see the big thing and spend the money and, and like that's an event just like it would be like, okay, I'm going to go to the ball game today, right? You, you basically pick what your your distraction is for that weekend. Well, here's another thing. Uh, there's other distractions out there as well. You mentioned ball games. That's a thing. But specific to entertainment, uh, there's a thing that happened probably starting with House of Cards on Netflix that turned into binge watching being a thing. Yeah. Right? Long form TV is where all the rage and all the money is at right now in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. 
and you're seeing all of these Stranger Things and Orange is the New Black, and a lot of them are on Netflix, sure, sure. but Amazon has theirs as well. But this concept of releasing 10-plus episodes of a show, these serialized kind of seasons of shows that are all coming out in one chunk, now you're getting a nine-hour movie, a la Stranger Things 2. Right, right? yeah. So it, that is complete. And now people are sitting at home on their couch binge-watching stuff on Netflix rather than going and spending for eight bucks a month or 10 bucks a month, right? Yeah, so like on a Friday night, you're like, oh, I watched that one half-hour episode. I got to wait till next week. I guess we can go to a movie now. You don't have to because it's all there. Right. So that time, it's, it's, and then <laughs> take take that out of the, take that out of the equation and like, and like your Netflix stuff that you're talking about, but then there's also like for the kids, the target demographic, there's also the, I have a movie screen in my hand on my phone or on my iPad or whatever. And like, and why would I go to the movie theater? I can just watch it right here. They don't, I don't know if the if the allure of the big screen uh, to a maybe a, a teenager or a kid is as a big of a deal as it was to us as kids per se because they have screens of any kind around them all the time. Right. You know, like as as kids for us, like we just said, our choices were tiny thirteen inch or nineteen inch screen or giant movie theater screen, and then maybe that it's like it's like it's like a. a, a, a like vinyl, you know, like it, it's like it's become like this, like, oh, remember the days when like we used to go to like watch the movies and the movie screens and it was really big. That was like a really cool thing like that. Is that where it's going? Well, I've, as I've gotten older, that my focus has shifted to going and seeing older movies that I never got to see on the big screen at little boutique uh, art houses like the New Art or the Arrow, uh, uh, the, the Arclight and the LA sure. Live Regal Cinema does all these old, like we went to see Close Encounters. Yeah. I had never seen it on the big screen before and to go in and see it on that giant remastered so copy that like that. was an experience for you, but yeah. like take like, take like a, but because There's you, that word again, by but, the way, but you also, exactly, but you also knew that movie as a kid. Like, like how do I sell that to my kids? Where I say like, hey, you know, we just watched, uh, let's say it's uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure yeah. on the 65 inch screen Excellent. at home, right? How can I sell that to my daughters that they they absolutely love that movie or like Spaceballs or something like that, right? If that was to show up at like the the small art house theater or the or the arc the arc lights a different thing because that's a big theater chain that can also be like, oh, by the way, at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday we're gonna have this old movie. Where some of these other tiny theaters, which are in major jeopardy right now right are like oh well uh we we have this one thing and they'll get like 30 40 50 people to come watch this one old print of something like, how do i convince i i can't tell you that my children would be like yeah i totally want to go see that on the big screen daddy to them it's just a movie well let's talk about so this is the focus of this episode right so we we've given it a little bit of preamble and i think a lot of people can relate to some of the things we've just we've just rattled off because they're movie fans if they're listening to this show obviously i hope so uh so we want to talk about what the theaters are doing to try and fix this, if that's a word. I'm doing yeah. air quotes, if it needs to be fixed, and I think it needs to be fixed. Or get ahead of it, in a way. Uh, one of the big things we talked about a couple of weeks ago was Fandango becoming Super Monopoly and buying MovieTickets.com, becoming the one place where you go to buy, unless you're going to the box office, which they don't exist anymore. They're little kiosks of Fandango down. Right, yeah. They've replaced the people, especially here in California with the whole $15 an hour movement, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's happening, but... It applies, you know, one app makes all the rules for all tickets. And 
frankly, could even be used to set prices as a, a bench, a bar, or yeah. a benchmark of sorts, right? So we all know how the Fandango app works, but like it, it gives you the list of theaters. It could be an AMC theater, it could be a Regal theater. I don't think ArcLight's on this. It might be, no, and maybe I don't it think is. They're a part of it, but like like, like out, out here, like uh, Grauman's Chinese, like like you can yeah. instead, like you basically you say, I need to go around this time, and you go to that app, and like boom, and like whatever theater that is that's near you, whether it's an AMC or whatever, you could do that, and like that's a one stop shop. And now they've taken movie tickets out of the equation. Fandango, or you can be like, I only go to ArcLight, so I'm going to check the ArcLight things, and that's a separate app, right? Or I only like I love AMC theaters. I am an AMC Stubbs reward member. I'm only going to go to AMC. I'm going to go to the AMC app. But like a lot of movie, like the regular moviegoers, like not necessarily the people that would listen to this show, but like the people that drive these box office numbers either up or down want a quick and easy way to do it. And Fandango is the way to do it. Like I'm going to go click. I want to go see Thor. I need to see it somewhere between seven and eight. What are my options? Uh, that's a seven thirty. That's close to me. Those seats are great. I'm going to click that one. And then Fandango makes all the money. Well, some of it, but you know what I mean? Right. I will say this about Fandango. That's, that's kind of interesting because, yeah. um, they also, um, they, they're smart enough to have like the rewards programs built into the app. So for instance, like when I went and saw, uh, Thor on Friday, I clicked on Fandango to get my Cinemark ticket, but it also recognized that I'm a Cinemark Rewards member, so I got a break from the like the ticket like uh, fee or whatever. And because I'm a Disney Movie Rewards member as well, like whether I buy the Blu-rays, like the Disney Movie Anywhere thing that we're talking about, right? It it knew that I had bought a uh, ticket to Thor, and because I had bought a ticket to Thor, it said as soon as the movie is over, you'll get your 75 reward points for Disney Movie Rewards. So this is all in one app and. and like I know we just said that like there's a chance that you could be like I'm an AMC person but if they've bundled all this stuff into one app and you're getting the rewards without having to go into separate apps it's exactly what we're saying like this is a monopoly this is your one-stop shop. Well we we kept using the word experience several times as we yeah. were beginning to describe this and that's a word that I think is going to be a theme of this of this episode. Uh we we've we 3D and IMAX have kind of been the stalwart experience yeah. I'm doing air quotes or D-box. Uh D-box 4D whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it where they squirt water in your face and it's it's 70 millimeter. Right. 70 millimeters is another good example. That has been the thing that has been the, quote, experience up until now. We've seen this evolution as well of reserved seating uh, has come along in the last 10 or so years. I think that's We've, important. Yeah, I do. And now I don't I don't go without it. Yeah, it's one of the I won't go to a general seating kind of thing anymore unless it's one of the art housey things we sure. talked about. But um, now we have a, a way where you can dine in. They have couples tables yeah. at some of these theaters where you have a table in the middle. And it's, we just did you know, two weeks ago for Kingsman. So now you can now a dinner in a movie is all in a theater. It's right? smart, and that's a good way to combat it. But it's it's also like it's also it seems like it's okay. Well, the dinner in a movie thing. If you're like at the AMC dining theater, like, hey, do you want some mozzarella sticks with that, or do you want like a burger? And like, and it's not like it's not like a quality thing. You know what I mean? Right. It's a, it's more of a convenience thing. I think there's like a thing out here called iPick. I think there's one in Westwood where it's more like there's a professional chef that like is designed this menu for you and you can sit down and like I know I know you're I know you're scoffing at it but if <laughs> but like for somebody like me that doesn't want to say like okay how do I save time on the babysitter hourly maybe that's the way to do it but still get like a decent meal that's not like just like some you know pull the mozzarella sticks out of the freezer and drop them in the fryer while I watch this movie and I feel like I've eaten something right right so maybe that's it I, I they're trying whatever they can to 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 get us there and and make our experience uh good and like and like and also like keep us there and not like at separate places like i don't think that's what it is at all i think it's about they're trying different things to get you in the theater got it it's not about it's about so the 
the experience of going to the movies can't be all about the movie anymore. Okay. Yeah. 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 It, it has. There has to be something else that's auxiliary to entice you to leave your house because you can all but replicate the movie itself at your house now. So these need to become destinations. They need to become venues of entertainment, not just movie theaters. Yeah. And I think this whole thing with the sign seating and with dining in and having bars at the arc light where you can sit around and hey guys after the movie we can have a <laughs> yeah. chat about it uh-huh. have a swanky ipa and or the bartender ruins a movie which i've heard <laughs> uh, like, yeah. i forget like a friend of mine like went to something like he ruined a spoiler like my buddy's like oh come on we just i haven't even seen the movie yet you work in the movie theater yeah. what are you you're fired that to me is what this is all about is, is they're trying to entice people to uh entertain the idea of coming to a different destination not just to go out and see a movie and I think that's really what it comes down to. And how the studios and how NATO, the National Association of Theater, Theater Owners, Owners yep. not the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, <laughs> uh, NATO is dealing with this is to do with things like we're looking at potentially doing subscription models where Regal Cinemas is talking about doing tiered pricing for different yeah, that's interesting. types of movies. Uh, in theory, this is a good idea, but how do they determine... What movie's bigger? Well, is it like, okay, so like let's look at what's out right now. So Jigsaw or Thor? Like what would cost more? Thor, because it co- sure. because because the production budget was bigger? I don't know. Or because- Jigsaw won its weekend at the yeah, box but office. But it won it, won it with like what? Like 12 or 13 million or something? Else but you know what I mean? But like is it is or is it like now there's a Wind River, the, the Jeremy Renner movie that came out huh? recently. Oh, that one, yeah. And like then it was immediately on iTunes. Um, but like... <laughs> uh, how do you do that? Like all oh, comedies, like you don't really need to see those on a big screen. So those are going to be like six bucks. But if you need to see Thor, that's 15, you know, or even more. I would be scared of. I don't know. Because that has to offset somehow. If like, okay. So like AMC also has this thing now where they're like, come in on Tuesdays. Tuesdays is like every day. Every movie's like five bucks on Tuesday. Like granted, that's like a day that people don't go to movies. But like if you're, if you're like me and you're in between like freelance gigs, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect thing for me where it's like, go, and see this movie you might not have seen on a screen, but it's five bucks. Like, well, that's what I would pay for it on iTunes, you know? So sure, I'll go see it on a screen if I have the time or I don't know. The thing that's very enticing to me about all this is the the possibility of uh, some sort of monthly subscription, if you will. Like movie pass. Like movie pass. Sure. I think it's too expensive, but I think they need to figure out a way and find, do some focus groups. You think movie pass is too expensive for 10 bucks a month? Uh, is it only 10? Bu- and that yeah. gets you into all the movies? Except for AMC theaters. Yeah. It's a it's a brilliant model, huh? Okay, I thought it was I thought it was more like forty bucks a month or something. Like that. You can what, see as many movies as you want, I as many so. times as I you want. I think so. There may be some fine print there. But, yeah, I need to find out what but, those are. But I mean, if you think about that, that's the theater owner saying like, "Yeah, go ahead, pay ten bucks to come into our theater and watch our movies." Because we make all the money on, on concessions. concessions, exactly. Because but as we'll talk about later with regards to Last Jedi, there's there's the studios get a very large percentage. Yeah. Oftentimes, a majority, especially of the big blockbuster temples, it's in the the fine print of the contracts that they're taking yeah. at least fifty percent of your movie ticket to the studios. The, exactly. the theaters aren't getting that. Yeah. So where they make all their money is when you walk into the concession stand, right? And you buy like a five dollar popcorn that costs them twelve cents. Yes, if even that. So I want to talk about the subscription model a little bit more because we were talking about binge watching previously, and that being one of the things that yeah. kept people at home. I would go once a month. And binge watch the shit. I would do a movie day and watch like four or five movies and go to the concession stand and refill a bunch of stuff if I had the ability to do that. And I would, if Movie Pass 
subscription that you're telling me about that I haven't really looked into allows me to do that. That's something I'm going to take very seriously because I've got an arc light right there. Yep. I've got an AMC right down there. AMC might not be in on it, but they're not still. in on it yet, but I think that they're going to come around or they're going to develop some kind of subscription uh, model of their own. Right. You know, Regal's like, we're doing tiered pricing. Maybe AMC's like, we want to do subscription model. What, where this will go wrong is if they all come up with their own individual subscription models, in my opinion. Well, it, there it, needs it, to be a third party balance to allow access to all the theaters because you're going to, you're going to have, People have to sign up for Netflix and HBO Go and yeah. Hulu and all these other ESPN Go and all these other services. We're in the Wild West now, so we don't know how it's going to go. So people are going to start trying stuff. Regal's like, we're going to try this. Movie Pass is like, we're going to do this and like see what sticks. And then once one of them sticks and becomes popular, you know everybody else will fall in line. Just yep. like just like unlimited data in cell phones. Yep. Yep. It's come around and everybody's coming around to it right now. So I would absolutely go at least once a month on a Saturday or Sunday and sit and maybe watch four movies. That be my, instead of sitting on the couch watching football or doing something i'm already here if i had the opportunity for even 20 bucks a month yeah. to go sit and watch four to five movies if i wanted to if i wanted to that's a, that'd be exhausting uh to to consume that many movies but i would go see more i would consume more movies at the theater i guess is what i'm saying if that were an option for me so here's a question and here's here's a weird one um what if what if uh, based on the subscription model what if apple did the same thing that they've done for music. Nine ninety nine don't all of uh, Apple Music. What if they did the same thing with their movie library? They did have they, to. But if they it's did, inevitable. But if they did, would that be first run movies or like like would they would they pull an end around or Netflix pull an end around and be like okay all these things are like the theater owners would be shaking in their boots if something like this happened and and there's probably too much money and like higher power people to make this happen to keep people out of theaters. But that's that's potentially where this is going. Where Apple says. Fine, you guys want to pay ten bucks a month? Pay us ten bucks a month. You can see everything we have on iTunes. And they're like, "Whoa!" I know? don't think any of the rules should change, or any asterisks or caveats should be thrown into first run stuff. But Apple keep doing exactly what they're doing, and just given a monthly subscription or even an annual subscription, like they do with iTunes Match or other things like that, right? Yeah, hundred bucks a year. Amazon Prime, right? Sure, hundred bucks a year. You can watch anything you want on the iTunes library at any time. Period. Hard stop. Game changer. Uh, if they did it. Huge, if they did it. Huge game changer. And I think that it. I would. God, I would watch so many movies. Yeah. And here's the downfall. But you this. wouldn't go to the theater because you'd wait for three months for it to get to iTunes, right? Yeah. And the theater Maybe owners, like I just said, are like, no. Both. Yeah. I actually. You know what? Now that you say that, Maybe I would too. Both. I would do that. If I had a movie pass subscription for ten to twenty bucks a month, and I could go see the movies in the theater and get the air quotes experience sure. of seeing it in the theater and have you know a date night or a thing with friends or whatever it is, that's what it's about, right? It's not about the movie anymore. It's and then be able to come home three months later and rewatch it. I've I've rewatched all of my favorite movies dozens of times sure. over the course of my life. There is immense replay value on the Apple Store. I I'm not going to pay thirty bucks. I'm not going to pay twenty bucks for that replay value. They get down under ten, five bucks specials, maybe. Yeah, right. I I'm a bargain bin chaser when it comes so to Blu-rays. And so things am I. I like can't that. wait when iTunes is like this movie's four ninety nine. Like great, you know. And we talked about cheap cheap charts. Yeah, whatever that was a couple weeks ago. Anyway, all of this is evolving to a point where. Um, I want to talk about where how this is going to affect Hollywood that, as, a, as a kind of a third major thing that's going on here. Well, it is the major thing. It, well, yeah. yeah. Well, we talked about our impressions of why we don't want to go. We talked about you know what the theaters are trying to do about it, but I think that's going to have an inadvertent 
direct effect on the kind of movies that get made. I think we're already seeing it. And we're beginning to see that throughout 2017. We got this we got beaten over the head with all these franchises and I don't know if that's sustainable. I don't know if they can do that again in 2018 and I don't know if the money people, if the financial people would allow that to actually happen. The thing that we're not taking into account here is like yes, our domestic box office is potentially in trouble, but the thing that we have to remember and we've said this a bunch of times on, on previous episodes is the overseas market is like the X factor. Oh yeah. You know, where we said like, Oh, transformers didn't make what they thought it would make here or pirates didn't make what they thought it would make here, but overseas it's killing it. You know, blade runner. It didn't, but uh, uh, suicide squad, terrible movie. We've, we hate that movie. A lot of people in America hated that movie. It made like 800 million worldwide. Yep. Worldwide because of international box office, all these avatar sequels that are coming out for years from now, it's all based on the global box office market. The Chinese market is about like, oh, we want to see the, the movies. So my, while we might be numb to it and we think that the theater stuff here and while they're changing the experience here, it's really about the overseas market. That's where the money's coming from now. That's an interesting point. And, and I guess where I was going before was do, how can the changes that are happening in the theaters and the growth of the overseas market contribute to the decision-making process of what movies actually get greenlit what movies get made, how they get made, where they get shot, all these kinds of filmmaking industries type questions, I sure. guess, is where I end up going. I, I think the way that consumers consume content is directly affecting what and how it gets made. I think it's I think it's the studios and, and the people that are financing these movies adjusting to the new sort of ways to consume them. And while the the movie theater model was the was the way, it's it's sort of evolving into, you know, the technology world that we live in now. And um We'll see where the future goes with this. Uh, your your question is what type of movies get made. I don't think it's going to change too much. I still think that in order to for the movie theaters to sustain what they are, you still need to make giant experience movies. You have to. Yeah. But then you wonder if those smaller uh, indie films, many of which will be up for you know Academy Awards at the end of the year, that are going to be your ten or fifteen million dollar movie or whatever it would cost. Do they even release it in a theater? Or do they just do a limited release in the states, or then go directly to you know video on demand? Maybe. I mean, we'll see where it goes. But I mean, the whole idea of the direct- landscape the landscape is changing. Yeah, no oh, matter totally. what, no matter what happens. The whole idea of direct to DVD used to be kind of a condescending thing, right? Now it's kind of more of a strategic business decision, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you have to decide: is it more? Am I going to make more money in the theaters with a limited release, or am I going to potentially make more money in video on demand on iTunes yeah. and Amazon, etc.? Right. And there's all kinds of people at these studios in their marketing doing all kinds of analytics that are figuring out these numbers for us, so we don't even have to think about it. We're just speculating on our own. Yeah. You know, as, as consumers and fans of this stuff. But yes, I'm sure all of these thoughts are already taking place. The other thing is the theaters themselves. I want to talk about them a little bit more. How do they continue to evolve? I think we've exhausted the dine-in stuff. And I mean, the concessions, you can only heat up so many things, right? Uh, You can only get the Cokes so much bigger than they are, (laughs) right? The prices can only go so high. So are we going to get more into this? Are we going to head towards this Spielberg-Lucas vision of just uh, this being a destination, it being an attraction, Right. Uh, some sort of circus of sorts, right? That's exactly. So like their, their, their speculation was, and these guys know a thing or two about, you know, audiences. Um, their speculation was like, let's say the, um, the Dolby theater in downtown or in Hollywood where they do the Oscars, right? right? What if that was just a movie theater? And for four months out of the year, they put last Jedi there. And then you just go and see last Jedi. And that's what it shows there. Just one screen. 
And that's it. And you just go to like have the experience of going to see The Last Jedi. Or you have the experience of going to see Avatar. Or you have the experience to go and see this. You know what I mean? Like that's what they're saying. The movie theater, it's not going to be a multiplex anymore. It's going to be like going to a sporting event. Like we talked about tiered pricing. Uh, go to the game and see this team play. Go to the movie theater and see this thing play. Um, if you go to this game, if you sit closer to the action, you have to pay this much. If you go to this screen, if, if it's this movie, you have to pay this much. You know, like Are they getting getting into like, charging more for seats in the theater based on position? Based, based on the, well, no, but based on the regal model of if you go see this movie, it's going to cost this much. If you go see this movie, it's going to cost this much. It's the same concept. As far as like uh, your your demand to be closer to the action, or you know, depending on what you know your experience level is going to be, is going to cost you more one way or the other. Well, I feel like they're kind of doing that already with days of the week. Yeah, right. Like yeah. you mentioned, the AMC's doing the Tuesday at Cinemark ten a.m. Does it too? Yeah, right? the early bird specials, the matinee yeah. things. Yeah. Well, the other interesting anomaly of this is uh, do the the third parties get involved? Netflix, Amazon, Apple, all getting into this game. Right? Isn't their whole thing is to get you to stay at home and buy things off iTunes? Well, we just talked about it with Apple, but like Amazon and Netflix are actually in the in the business of making these things now too. Yeah. To distribute on their own platforms. But they don't to, want to go to the theaters. Or do they? And or are the theaters scared of it? Like because yes. because they're scared of it because Netflix potentially or Amazon potentially has the option of saying like, Well, we're gonna make this movie, you can watch it at home, or you can go and experience it here. Either way, we still have your money. But we can get more money if we actually show it on, on this big destination venue as well. well. And then the theater people are like, well, maybe I do want to see that. You know, maybe I do want to carry that Will Smith bright movie uh, in, on a big screen because maybe people will come out and see that out of the house. But they're greedy. It, I know. But at the end of the day, like there's there's something to be said about the like the date night thing and getting out of the house and going to a movie. I, I don't have to do that anymore. I'm married, you know, and I have two kids. But there there was something about that. Like in high school, there was like the whole like going to the movie with your girlfriend and holding her hand and maybe like kissing her or something like that. Right. That could have yeah. happened. There's that sort of element to it or maybe it doesn't exist anymore i'm so far removed from that time yeah. that maybe it doesn't exist i don't know well i think the interesting thing about so back to the netflix thing for a second there's reed hastings the ceo of netflix is on record saying we would absolutely love to release all of our original films and properties in the theaters but we're going to put them on netflix the same day love it and we as consumers love that because we get the choice yeah the Na the nato the national association of Theater owners, I guess, I keep forgetting what that acronym yeah. is. NATO continues to reject that because they want the exclusivity. Because of course, of course. We, uh, we want all the money. Yeah. Right? They think there's well, some evil, business. dastardly plan in play that you know Netflix is going to keep people from going to the movies. That's not it. Yeah, they're just loosen a, up. They're just a. They're just a. They're just a. A, a distribution model of, of these yes. properties that other people are making. No different than the Apple TV sitting on exactly. my set-top box. Exactly. Right? But the experience is uh, different. Oh, there's that word again. Well, the other thing is uh, art house cinemas. Uh, as I was talking about earlier, one of my favorite things to do, I check the new art and the Egyptian and all those guys every week to check out what retro movies or what special events, experiences, Q&As, meet and greets, VIP thing. That's what I go and look for now when I want to go to the movies. Uh, one of the things I was excited about last night, going to see Thor yeah. uh, with, with your wife at the at the Television Academy, was the Q&A with the director and the, some of the other team. We're lucky We're lucky on that because sure, we live in the sure. backyard of where all these things are made. Like We have access to that kind of stuff. But like majority, like 99.9% like .9 of, of Americans don't have that option of being like, well, I'm going to go see, like, yes, like in my hometown in Dayton, Ohio, there were like the midnight movies of like, go see aliens. Like that was like a $2 thing. That theater is probably gone now. Um, 
So you're right. The the independent like art house theater that might show the old movies because it's like a cool thing to do. There's like a niche market for that, but how long is that sustainable? I don't know, but it's it's just it's one of the things that I have always loved and Me I've, too. I've made it a mission to be able to go see as many of the old movies I never got to see on the big screen on the big screen. The last thing I want to do here is uh, I want to spoil one of our quick hits really quick the later because it's it's worth a bigger discussion than just a quick hit. And that is that Disney is in talks to buy the film division of 20th Century Fox. Or 21st Century Fox is now first. Fame, fame, sure. Whatever. This, the other part of this news is that they've come out. It's, it's become public knowledge that they are dictating the percentage of The Last Jedi ticket sales that they're going to get from the theaters to be 65%. Two-thirds of every dollar you spend is going directly to Disney. Uh, is this in response to these kinds of subscription model tiered pricing things that we're seeing evolve? Uh, potentially, but they also know <laughs> with this movie, it is a guarantee that people are going to go see it. Like, yes. are they going to do it with um, Pete's Dragon? No. No. Are they going to do it with Last Jedi? Absolutely. Are they going to do it with Infinity War? You bet you you, you bet they will. Coco, there maybe. Yeah, maybe. I want to ask an interesting speculative question, and I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on for Here this we go. next few minutes. What if Disney bought a movie theater chain? What if Netflix bought a movie theater chain? They certainly have the cash to do it. And then only showed their movies in their movie theater chain and cut out those assholes at NATO and just like, well, we got all the money. So I wouldn't, bye. Pu- I wouldn't put it past them. I wouldn't I put it past totally them in a second. See this a happening. Really good, that's a really good thing. Yeah, um, I mean, really good speculation on your part. I think it could be both. I think it could be a really good thing. I think... You could see that, well. First of all, I'm I'm convinced Emperor Palpatine is running Disney. Yes. At this point, because they have all the money and they are just going to do whatever the hell they want. I mean, if they're buying Fox, there is no telling. I mean, they could go write a check tomorrow for ten billion for AMC and be done and move on. It, and now all of a sudden, all the AMCs are Disney theaters, and that's the only place you can go see right. Last Jedi. And then Thor. suddenly, when you want to watch their, when you want to own their stuff at home, they're like, you can't. You got to buy it through the Disney streaming service that we're designing that we've already talked about. What? Right, you want to own Last Jedi? You got to pay you us. Heard it here first, you're not folks. gonna, yeah, you're not gonna buy it from Apple. You're gonna buy it from us. We get every single dollar you spend on all Ooh. of our properties. It's a smart move it if it goes that way. Very, very smart move. Uh, I think I could see Netflix doing something similar or in partnership with somebody where they do they find a theater that is okay with them. I, see, I don't think the theaters are the problems here. I don't think the the chains are the problems here. I think NATO is the problem here. There's a unionized thing that's resisting forward progress and that's where i want to come down on this because yes movies themselves have evolved to this vfx masterpiece of every single film the theaters or the experience itself of going to see a movie is starting to evolve but the theater owners are resisting and just continue to greedily jack prices up incessantly yeah, to mean, the point where it's making people stop going to the theater and second guess whether or not they should ourselves included, which yes. we just said at the top of this, which is like, we're picking and choosing which we want to go to, which is nuts. So what you're speculating is of those four movies that I mentioned at the top, two of those are Disney movies. Disney is basically saying, I want your money. I want to take as much of a percentage of your money as I can. And they've done the smart move of buying up all those intellectual properties that are going to get Andy Nelson and Nick Howell out of their house to go to the movie theater. And you know what? I want them to have all that money. Sure, and I'll give it to them because they're going to deliver the product that I want. Yep. That's a business model. I agree completely. And you know what? If if Disney, if it turns out that two years from now, Disney has their own movie theater chain and they, they have all the money and they own everything, 
I'm going to be okay with that because you know what? Look what they've done with Marvel. Look what they've done with Lucasfilm. They've brought back all of those things. And if this thing with 20th Century Fox goes through, my beloved Aliens franchise is is in the hands of Disney. After seeing what they've done with Marvel and Lucasfilm, I'm okay with that. Me 100%. too. Me too. So it, it's, I have zero problems with what's going on at Disney. They are giving consumers exactly what they want. And that, at the end of the day, is is really what this is all about. And if they get NATO out of the way and all of these hurdles and things that are preventing us from going to the theaters and enable us to go to the movies again, like we love doing, I can't complain about that. Not one bit. I'm right there with you. Well, Andy, how was your week this week? Well, as we said, I, I did see Thor. Um, like I, I, I said on our, our Thor review, if you haven't seen it, don't listen to it until you have seen it. It is spoiler-filled. But uh, my my take on Thor is it was a full-blown comedy romp disguised as a superhero movie. Yeah. So I have uh, two things that I love, comedy and all of my favorite superheroes or in one movie, and I absolutely loved it. So I was thrilled to see it. Um, tonight, I get to go to see Dunkirk again, which we both raved about when we originally saw it. Uh, I'm going to go see that at the Directors Guild. Uh, and following that, there's a Q&A with Christopher Nolan. So I hope to, to bring Ooh. some stories from uh, that for next week's show. And the other thing that I want to do is I do want to plug uh, my brother's movie, which we've talked about a number of times. Mercy Christmas is now available for pre-order. So on what? Uh, on iTunes, uh, the, get it on iTunes. But like, here's the thing with with the independent uh, movie thing, and especially for them, um, the pre-order sales actually really helps them. So if if for instance you ever want to see this movie, and you absolutely should, yes, please uh, go ahead to your iTunes and look up Mercy Christmas and pre-order it. It's twelve ninety nine. It's a nineteen ninety nine. It's twelve ninety nine. You'll watch it twice. I guarantee it. It's a good comedy Christmas romp with a bit of like a horror element to it. Actually, a big horror yeah, element to it. it. But uh, you you can't miss it. Please go ahead and pre-order it. Support independent film, even though we've been talking about the movie theater industry going down. Right. But please uh, support uh, us and our family. And yeah, we're all about it. Put food on our table, please, no. sir. They're good. But yeah. yeah. But what about you? What did you do this week? Well, I also saw Thor, uh, as we talked about earlier. And yes, you should definitely go check out our our extra episode that we put out this week of our full spoiler-filled Thor review. I also finished Stranger Things 2. Nice. I still and, haven't started yet. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where I, I think the first season was so good, so monumental, and so kind of visionary in a sense that I can't. it's one of those things where I can't believe nobody thought about it before. Okay. Um, and it's so influenced with all of the things that us Gen Xers loved growing up, such as Stand By Me and the Goonies, and there's so much influence in there from those things. It's a modern-day Goonies. It really is. And it was ironic in a sense that Sean Astin showed up in this the second season of it and Spoiler! There, there right there were even some little tropes in there about what are we going to find at the x pirate treasure <laughs> <laughs> well played duffer brothers but at the same time it was that fine line of you don't want your old characters coming in and you know playing the trope up right gotcha. stranger things 2 for me uh without telling any spoilers i did not enjoy it as much as the first season and i think a lot of that was the new shine of something a, a shiny new toy but at the same time, they got more cinematic. They tried to do a little bit too much in nine episodes, and that gave it a little bit of a scatterbrained kind of feel. I thought it was ten. 
No, it's just nine. Okay. So it, it, nine hours of content. It's sure. a nine-hour movie. Is basically, okay. It's an, and they kept referring to it in... There's a special companion show on Netflix called Beyond Stranger Things where they, they interview the cast and things like that. And it they kept referring to it as a sequel. And I thought that was interesting. It's not a new season of a TV show. It's a sequel. Ah. And I'm like, oh, okay, so it's a nine-hour movie. It's not a TV series, which... We've kind of blurred that line at this point with the whole binge-watching thing on Netflix anyway. But Fair enough. It's, if you loved the first one, you're going to love the second season, the sequel, the second season, whatever you want to call it. it. It's a blast. The kids are back. There's all new capers. The What was the Demogorgon in the first season as the villain, the antagonist, has now exploded into entire universe. You're going you're gonna to get all of that exposed to you, so... Have a blast, sit down, get through it, because it is really, really good. That's awesome. And now it's time for some quick hits. Well, as we mentioned before, Disney is at it again as they are in talks to buy 21st Century Fox, at least their film division, right? This does not include Fox News and Fox Networks and all of those, the FX and right. all that those would be kinds like, of guys. I guess that would be like an antitrust thing. They can't own like two networks because technically they own ABC, so they could not also own Fox Network. There's right. some... like. I don't, I don't understand how Disney could not have an antitrust thing for all the stuff they own, but, right. but I guess there's some legal thing. Sure. I guess they're buying all of the intellectual properties of films. That, that's what they're getting out of and the TV deal, right? shows, too. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. So oh, that's a good point. Let's run down the list of the things that they might own. If this Apparently, this is gone, like these talks had happened like two weeks ago. I, I, I remember a, there was like a Disney was going to buy Netflix, and now there's a Disney was going to buy Fox. But let's say this actually goes through. Right. What would they own? Well, I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on and say this is already a done deal, and we may see the Fantastic Four show up in Infinity, the Infinity War, II. War. Infinity War Two, yeah, yeah, possibly. So I, I'm going to throw that in there. As we said, this does not include Fox Network, but it does include distribution rights for Star Wars. Yeah, so maybe we see the 20th Century Fox song again in front of the Star Wars movies. Maybe as soon as Episode Nine. Maybe as soon as the Solo movie. Maybe this is already done, and we see it in front of Last Jedi. Who knows? Tinfoil oh, hat. Oh, man. That's a month away. Hat. Oh, geez. They would now also own all of the Marvel Fox properties, as I alluded to before, which yep. includes Fantastic Four, X-Men, X-Men. Deadpool. Uh, yeah, a ton of stuff. <laughs> now you get all these crossovers now with the Marvel properties. Avengers that- and X-Men in the same movie would be amazing. Yes. Yes, it would. And of course, we could not leave out the aliens, predators, and diehards of the world. Oh, boy. Now, this is an interesting one, and I think you bring up a point where how does this, we call this adult fare? Yeah, I mean, like, those aren't t- typical Disney things, yeah. like uh, Blood and Guts, Aliens, and Predator, and Die Hard, and Avatar, and, oh, although Avatar would be a thing, and, and they have a, a, yeah. I completely forgot about Avatar. Thank you for Don't reminding me. Don't forget about The Simpsons. What? Yeah, I mean, they would own that, too. So, uh, it all seems to like come in line with the fact that Disney may be starting their own streaming service. And so if they buy up all these intellectual properties, they would own all the Disney kid stuff, but then they'd have some adult fare as well. Some established adult fare. Uh, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. Uh, do we have any idea on price tag that's being discussed for this? I don't know. And I don't care. I'd like them to own it. It's going to be lots of bees. <laughs> many, many, many bees. Yeah. Uh, in the nine zero category for sure. Uh, allegedly, next up, there's a Lord of the Rings TV show that I'm geeking the hell out about potentially happening that's in the works. It's really happening. I didn't even read the article, to be honest with you. I just put it in the notes because if this happens, we're going to be excited about it. Oh, I don't know if it's going to be like uh, Lord of the Rings 
prequel, Lord of the Rings during, Lord of the Rings after. It's going to be the story of uh, Tom, what's his face? The What's uh, Tom Riddle? What's the... What's no, the? that's Voldemort. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, what's the <laughs> other guy? The, 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 Bilbo Baggins? The, uh, no, there's like another dude. Ah, whatever. Gandalf? Uh, sure. Okay. Um, but whatever. It could be that story. Uh, there's another TV series in the works. CBS has announced that they're going to reboot the Twilight Zone. What? Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it's not going to be on CBS. It's going to be on CBS All Access. So, oh. bas- no, 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 no. Think so about I got to sign up for this thing now? You should, because Star Trek Discovery is great. Okay. okay. And that okay. model seemed to have worked. So, they're going to take another established property and basically hide it behind a paywall. But the thing about being on CBS All Access, this Twilight Zone show doesn't necessarily have the the limitations that network TV does. So if they want to have a little more violence or maybe some nudity or maybe some like foul language or whatever, they could do it. And it might make these Twilight Zone episodes a little more risque and a little more, Hmm. you know. Fun in a in a in a way. Um, Jordan Peele from Key and Peele and the guy that did Get Out, he's involved in this. And uh, Marco Ramirez, I believe, who is the one of the showrunners and writers from um, Defenders and Daredevil, he's involved as well. So it's not like a speculation. That's actually happening. It's going to come out maybe in 2018, 2019, something well, like that. Two of the biggest things that are going on in podcasting right now are true crime and paranormal stuff. So yeah. it makes total sense that they would bring back something like the Twilight Zone because that is really what that encompasses. Last but certainly not least, Orville, Seth MacFarlane's kind of parody of Star Trek. Yeah, which uh, it has been renewed for season two already. Which is a shock because it got horrible reviews to start off the season. I've watched a couple episodes and I, I enjoyed it yeah. for what it is, and and I, I need to catch up, but I'm gonna keep. I am gonna catch up. Oh. And if I know that there's more coming, then I'm I'm, I'm already in. So it, it, it's got Tyra Collette in it from Friday Night Lights, ah. Adrian Palicki. So, oh, Texas forever, Texas <laughs> forever. So we talked about CBS All Access, we talked about Netflix, we talked about Apple, we talked about all of these things that will allow you to consume things at home over the internet. So, I will give this week's Stone Cold Salute to your internet service provider, because they're going to be the ones that allow you to consume all this content. So I give you the Stone Cold Salute! I said give me a hell yeah! And hopefully we get gigabit internet out of it. (laughs) Well, I wanted to give some quick highlights to the Orbital Jigsaw Network this week. Uh, in some big news, we've launched our 10th, well, not launched, but we've had our 10th show join the network. Awesome. It is yet another film and, and uh, review show, but they give an interesting twist on it. Hannah and Julia from the show Film Roast have joined the Orbital Jigsaw Network. They give an interesting twist. Of it. First of all, it's a female perspective. So for you ladies out there that are tired of hearing us dudes, <laughs> those bros in our basements, yeah. rattle on about movies, uh, you get a, a nice break. Definitely check out Film Roast. Two very savvy ladies that are writers and very involved in social commentary talking about films. And they also do these fun segments called Coffee Corner. It is Film Roast. Oh, That's the whole uh, thing there. They, drink, they talk about coffee and they talk about movies. They do uh, Coffee Corner, and they also do one called Mini Movie Moments. They release, you know, most weeks they release multiple episodes per week with each of those little segments. So definitely check those out. Welcome to the network, ladies, the pod yeah. family. We have some new pod sisters, Andy. Welcome, ladies. Glad to have you on board. Nick, where can people find us? Well, you can head over to Facebook at facebook.com slash official concession stand, or just search for concession stand, and you'll find the orange popcorn man. You can also find us on Twitter at concession stand. Leave us your tweets. Let us know what you think. Head over to patreon.com slash concession stand. Throw a couple of bucks in the tip jar or even sign up to do your very own stone cold salute here on the show. You can also head to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store. Pick up your own merch of the Orange Popcorn Man on a t-shirt, coffee mug, even a fancy new iPhone case. Oh. In case you got one of those new iPhone 10s that 
are not getting good reviews and there are getting good reviews i just haven't mm. got mine yet i'll give you a review when i get one okay okay fine well that's our show this week guys <laughs> <laughs> uh not to get too much back into the tech stuff but uh i'm nick howell you can find me over on twitter at data center dude i'm andy nelson you can find me at andy nelson 76 also on twitter and on your fancy new iphone 10 i don't have it yet right? oh okay well at least when you do get it the show will load faster absolutely <laughs> All right, guys, that's this week's show. We'll see you guys next time. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.